two weeks ago, I preached from Acts chapter 2. We're going to go a few verses down now. So they are baptized with the Holy Spirit in verses 1 through 4. And now Peter is explaining what's happening to them in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. Everybody say men Men. and women alike. One more time. Men Men. and women alike. Now find a neighbor, whoever looks friendliest, and tell them that means you. That means you. That means you. (laughs) And they will prophesy. And they will prophesy. I want to preach from this subject just for a few moments. Identify prophesy, visualize. Identify, prophesy, visualize. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray you speak now clearly and powerfully without distraction. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, brother. The Holy Spirit changed my life. I was thinking about this, that I, I am who I am because of the Holy Spirit, not just because of great church services and that's kind of how a lot of you think of the holy spirit you 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 connect him to a church service good or bad you know for some of you it's like man i don't know about the holy spirit i was in this really weird service one time and i don't and for others of you it's like man i love the holy spirit i was in this really awesome service one time but the reason that i that i say the holy spirit changed my life is is not just because of a good service though i believe in good services by the way we had a good service last sunday night we had an anointing service here OMG, it was good. So I like good services. I want more good services. Uh, If we didn't have four services, I'd have more good services. But I can't do four services like we did last Sunday night because I would die. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we got to keep it short. Amen. Uh, So I like good services. But the reason that I say the Holy Spirit changed my life is because of this text in Acts chapter 2. Because the Spirit of God did such a deep work in me in identifying me with the Father, in teaching me how to speak, how to prophesy, and teaching me how to see, how to have dreams and visions. And now I live from my identity. I live by my confession. And I live by the vision God put in my spirit. Oh, man, this is so good. Because when I don't feel saved, the Spirit of God reminds me that I am saved. When I don't feel like talking right, the Spirit of God gives me the words to say when I want to say words. And when I don't see what I was believing to see, God gives me vision and dreams. So now what the Holy Spirit does is he takes you out of the limitations of right here, right now. He takes me out of, the, out of the boundaries of circumstance and he places me into the faith zone where all things are possible. This is why the Holy Spirit's changed my life. And this is what the Holy Spirit will do for you. If you notice, we're in week three. I still haven't talked about speaking in tongues. I am getting there, but not today. Because some of you are still nervous. I feel like I have to preface every talk about the Holy Spirit by saying, not yet. And then when I do talk about tongues, I won't tell you I'm talking about tongues until you're stuck. Number one, the Holy Spirit 
will identify, identify you. Sons and daughters. If I could say it as simply as this, the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Sons and daughters. This doesn't seem like a big deal to us now. But you got to remember that back in Acts chapter 1, the Bible said that there was 120 believers in the upper room, men and women. Luke makes it very clear, I believe inspired by the Holy Spirit and trying to get a teaching point across that when the Spirit of God fell, he did not just fall on men, he fell on men and women. Because I think that just like we can do today, those Jewish believers would have read this prophecy from Joel chapter 2. That's where, that's where Peter uh, reads this from. It's from Joel chapter 2. I think that they would have read it and they would have just read over it because they were so deeply entrenched in their culture that when God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on sons and daughters, I'm going to pour out my spirit on servants and maidservants, I'm going I'm to pour out my spirit on men and women, I, I think they would have just read over it because... Usually, whenever you read a text, this is why you need a pastor, by the way, because with, without a teacher, you'll read a text, but you'll impose your culture, and you'll impose your weakness, and you'll impose uh, your, your way of thinking into the text, and you'll read right over truth. And so what God anoints the pastor and teacher to do, I don't have to be your pastor, by the way, but you just need one, because what the pastor teacher does is under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they, they reveal the word of God to you and you go, wow, I've read that a thousand times and I never saw it. Well, why didn't you see it? Because many times without the anointing of a pastor teacher, you'll read right over the text and you'll miss the truth of the text. So I don't think they were, they, they read that he was going to pour out his spirit on men and women, but they didn't believe it. You just got to know this is a big deal because in the daily prayers of Jewish men, they, they would have prayed from this, what they considered a sacred book. It was called the Talmud. And this was a book that they would pray from every day. So if you were a good Jewish boy, you had a prayer book that you would pray from. One of the prayers that Jewish men prayed every day was this. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, ruler of the universe. Thank you for not making me a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. Hello. Now, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. That was one of their sacred books, though, in first century literature that they would have read. And men would have prayed every day, thank God I'm not a woman. And God goes, I'm going to pour out my spirit on women. Oh, great, Jabin. Are you a feminist? No, I'm a Bible teacher. So this is groundbreaking. Because the Holy Spirit is now not just being poured out on men, but he's being poured out on women. And, and let me just go now further. This is bigger than gender. Because this is about you. This is about you who have said, the Holy Spirit isn't for me. He's for other people. He's for more spiritual people. This, this God thing is for my wife or this God thing is for my kids maybe and I need to go to church because I need my kids to be in church but it really isn't for me or, or it's for people who don't have that kind of past or it's for people who don't think the thoughts that I think or it's for people who don't have my struggle. No, the Holy Spirit's for you. What God is saying in Acts chapter 2 is if you feel unqualified, if you feel disqualified, if you feel like this is for everybody else, this is not for everybody 
everybody else. This is for you. And the more unqualified and disqualified you feel, the more God wants to do something amazing in your life. This is for male. This is for female. This is for Jew. This is for Gentile. This is for black, for white, for Asian and Hispanic. This is for the insider and for the outsider. This is for the saint and the sinner. This is for the religious and the non-religious. The Holy Spirit is for you. And the devil's whispering in your ear right now saying, this is for everybody else, but it's not for you. No, it's for you. It's for you. The Holy Spirit is for you, business owner. The Holy Spirit is for you, stay-at-home mom. The Holy Spirit is for you, nine-to-five employee. The Holy Spirit is for you, new-to-church young adult that doesn't really know what's going on. The Holy Spirit is even for you, older saint that knows everything that I've ever preached and you've heard it a million times, but he's for you. God loves you. God wants to use you. God has a plan for you. God wants to do something in you. God wants to do something for you. God wants to do something through you. It's not over. It's not too late. You haven't made too many mistakes. God still has a plan and you are still a part of it. God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. That means that if you've got flesh, God has the Holy Spirit for you. And you might have skinny flesh or fat flesh or ripped flesh or white flesh or black flesh. or I don't know what flesh you got. All I know is the Spirit of God wants to be poured out on you. Male flesh, female flesh, it doesn't matter. God says, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And He is identifying you as a son and as a daughter And he is identifying you and saying, I've got something for you. Romans 5, 5 says, such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit who has adopted you as his own Children, now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm. Everybody say affirm. To affirm that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit is on a mission to identify you, to call you son, to call you daughter, to lead you to the point that you can cry Abba, Father, that you can know God as Father, that you can know God as kind, that you can know God as love, that you can know God as protector, that you can know God as the one who gives promises and releases promises in our life. The Holy Spirit will always bring you back to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always remind you of your salvation. The Holy Spirit will always assure you that you are loved and the Holy Spirit will always cry Abba, Father, and will lead his sons and daughters into a relationship with God Almighty as God our Father. He is identifying you today. Number two, the Holy Spirit will help you to prophesy. Prophesy. They will prophesy. Who's they? You. (laughs) Because if you're a son or a daughter, you. I'm not a prophet. You will prophesy. I don't even know what prophesy means. You will prophesy. Let me me give you the most basic, just little Jabin Chavis 
description of prophecy. It's future talk. The vast majority of the Bible is prophecy. Future talk. God wants to help you speak future talk. Not just English, not just Spanish, not just speaking in tongues. God wants to help you speak future talk. God wants to give you the ability to prophesy. This word prophesy literally means to speak under divine inspiration. The Holy Spirit will always help you to start thinking about, planning, and talking about your future. If you're not thinking about your future right now, if you're not excited about your future right now, if you're not planning for your future right now, if you're not pumped about your tomorrow, you need the Holy Spirit. You don't need a pep talk. You don't need me to come up here as Tony Robbins and go, you can do it. No, no, no. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Because what the Spirit of God is going to do is he's not just going to anoint me to excite you about your future. The Spirit of God is going to start helping you talk about your future. More than you needing a prophet, you must become a prophet in your own life. To your own future and to your own family. See, when, it, when you read the book of Acts, here's what you'll notice. Every time the Holy Spirit's poured out, every time people have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, every time people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, we've, we've walked through all that. Every time you see the move of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, 28 chapters, here's what you'll find. People always begin to praise, speak in tongues, preach, or prophesy. Every time the Spirit of God begins to move, people's mouths start moving. Every time the gift of the Holy Spirit is poured out, there's a vocal gift that's connected to it. If you stand in here on a Sunday and you can't sing, you need the Holy Spirit. No, I'm serious. It ain't going to get any better than this. This team is too incredible. If you can't, if you can't lift up a shout, you need the Spirit of God. If you can't tell your friend about Jesus, you need the Holy Spirit. If you can't pray over your child, you need the Holy Spirit. If, if, you, can't, if you can't pray with your spouse at night, you need the Holy Ghost. If you can't give somebody a word of encouragement, you need the Holy Spirit. If you can't ever open your mouth, you need the Holy Spirit. Because every time the Spirit of God is poured out, there is always some kind of confessional vocal gift that's released. And I want to tell you today, what you need is not just more self. You don't need to look in the mirror tomorrow morning and go, you can. You're a winner. You're awesome. I love you. God loves you. And so do I. No, you need the power of the Holy Ghost to come upon you. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you'll prophesy, you'll preach, you'll praise, you'll talk in other tongues. Because every time the Holy Spirit is poured out, they speak. Why? God gets a hold of your tongue. Because he knows your tongue has power. James chapter 3 verse 4. Look at these ships for an example. Although they are large and are driven by winds, they are steered by a small rudder. And God says, your tongue is a rudder. And you have the choice. Will you be driven by winds or steered by a rudder? Will you be driven 
by circumstance or steered by your confession? Will you be, will you be driven by whatever is happening today, good or bad? Or will you be steered by the word of God? God wants to help you prophesy. God gave you this little rudder inside of your mouth that can move your whole life, your whole future, your whole family, your finances, everything about your faith. It's being moved by this thing right here, not by anything that you cannot see. Come on, somebody. God is a, God is a speaking God. I'm sorry I'm preaching so hard, aren't I? I'm, simmer. God is a speaking God. He creates with his word. And the Holy Spirit helps us speak because he knows it's our greatest advantage in life. You have to learn the power of prophecy. You have to learn how to prophesy, how to speak God's word over your life. You have to get to the point, watch this on the screen, where you stop talking about your situation and you start talking to your situation because you talking about it has not changed it and you talking about it has not helped it and you talking about it has not moved anything forward but the moment you'll start talking to it see jesus said jesus said speak to the mountain mark chapter 11 speak to the he didn't say he didn't say speak about the mountain He didn't say deny the mountain. And I know so many Christians that are either talking about their problem or denying their problem. But I know very few that have learned the power of prophecy. I've I've met very few that know how to speak under divine inspiration and get a word from the word over their life and look right at that mountain and say, in the name of Jesus, you're going to have to move. I'm not denying your existence. But I'm also not just going to talk about your existence. I'm going to talk right to it. And I'm going to believe that mountain's going to be leveled in the name of Jesus. That it's going to be cast up and thrown into the sea. Come on. Powerful Christians are not Christians who talk about it. And powerful Christians are not Christians who deny it. Powerful Christians are the ones who have learned how to talk to it. So, so how, do I, how do I prophesy? Do I, have to, do I have to use King James English? Thus saith the Lord. No. Here's how you prophesy, New Testament Christian, here's how you prophesy. You get a word from the word, and you say it till you believe it. (laughs) You say it till it's real to you. You say it till John 1, the word becomes flesh in you. You you say it until that thing is, is more real to you than the circumstance. You say it until God's word carries more weight in your life than what you see around you. This, you See, Romans 10 says faith comes by hearing. And the problem for most Christians is that they hear a word on Sunday and at best they read the word Monday through Saturday. At best. But what you have to learn how to do is you have to learn how to hear the word coming out of your mouth where you, where you, uh, you open up the Psalms and you just start reading. Where you open up the Bible and you just start reading. You, you, if you ever read something and you go, wow, that was powerful. Go back, hit reverse, and say it out loud. No, I'm serious. So you read it and you go, wow, that was pretty cool. I better write that down. I promise you in that moment, go back and say it out loud. And watch the power that's in it. Watch how it gets, more, watch how it gets amplified in your spirit. Look at, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It is written, I believed, 
therefore I've spoken. I believed, therefore I've spoken. David, I believe. Are you talking? I, I really believe this on Sunday. I just got no power on Monday. You got to start talking. Woo. I know online they're shouting me down. I know they are. If y'all want to say amen, say amen. Come on, because I know, I know they're in the chat right now. Like, oh my God, this is fire. Listen, a lot of us believe, but we haven't backed up our belief with confession. Since we have this same spirit of faith. Notice that faith is a spirit. Faith is, faith is not dogmatic and cold and religious and legalistic. It's a spirit. There's something spiritual about faith. We also believe and therefore speak. So what is the spirit of faith? What is the spirit of faith? Next slide on the screen. Faith is believing and speaking. That's faith. That's faith. I thought faith, I thought there has to be works. There will not be works until you've learned how to believe and speak. Works will follow believing and speaking. I'm telling you, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to give you the power to do. He wants to give you the power to speak. He wants to give you the power to talk. He wants to give you the power to pray. He wants to give you the power to speak God's word. Please put that back up. Faith is believing and speaking. So I, there's this eruption of faith in me that goes, oh man, I believe God can. And then you start saying it. And it'll be stretching at first. But your prayers will transform. Watch me, watch me. Your prayers will go from, oh God, please, oh God, I hope, oh God, please, oh God, I'm in trouble, oh God. Like God doesn't know any of that. I'm not saying that's wrong, and I'm not saying that isn't faith. But the spirit of faith is, Father, in the name of Jesus, you said. I didn't write it. You said. Oh, my God. Now there's power. And now you start praying and declaring the word. Matthew chapter 3. If you are the son of God. Matthew chapter 4. If you are the son of God. All in those chapters right there. I forget which one it is, but they're both good. So read both of them. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus didn't go, I am the son of God. I I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. He didn't say that, did he? He speaks the word. The word says, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If Jesus had to quote the word, By the way, that's why I think you should get water baptized. Jesus did. Like if that isn't enough reason. You know, I just don't, I don't think I need to. I think I'm, if Jesus got baptized, you probably should. My hair going to get wet. His did. But if he had to speak the word, don't you have to speak the word? Faith is believing and speaking. Believing what God said and then saying what God said. And when you say what God said, God will do 
what you said. When you say what God said, God will do what you said. Because God has a covenant with his word. Not just with your needs. He, he cares about your needs and he wants, to, he wants to move on behalf of your needs. But he's in covenant obligation because of his word. This is, I, listen, this is why I need the Holy Spirit. Because I promise you, as you invite the Spirit of God into your life, the Word will come alive. Amen. Lastly, visualize. I got five minutes. Help me, Jesus. Visualize. He said, I'll give you dreams and visions. I'll give you dreams. A dream is a faith picture of the future. A dream is the faith picture of your future. A dream and a vision, what should be, what could be. What should be, what could be. Not, not what you see, what could be. Not what you're currently experiencing, what, you, what should be. This is what makes us unique in all creation, that we can dream, that we can hope. That we can see into the future. The dream goes beyond now and gives us a glimpse of what God has for us. Uh, let me have the keys come up. I, I, I got I to end. Genesis 15, it, it's, it's God telling Abram, who has no kids and desperately wants kids, go count the stars. Get a picture. He had a need, but he did not have vision yet. He had a desire, but he didn't have a dream yet. God, I want kids. Everybody else has kids. God, we should have kids. That, that's not what moved God. God said, go get a picture. And he went outside of his tent, and he got a dream, and he got a picture of his future. And something erupted in Abram. You got to get a you got to get a picture. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying just try to get a picture. I'm saying ask the Holy Spirit to give you a picture, dreams, and visions. This word dream in the Hebrew language, Hebrew transliterators have a really hard time translating dream and health because they're so close to each other. The word dream is closely connected to healthy, strong, Young, and I'm not being crude, and sexually vigorous. I'm talking to you old people for a second. <laughs> Dreaming will keep you young in the spirit. They, they, they can't always, so, so like in Psalm 126, the Bible says, when the Lord released the captives, they were like those who dreamed. But in the, in the Hebrew language, it looks like we were like those who were young again. We were healthy again. We were strong again. We, we got our mojo back. <laughs> because the dream and health are always connected. That's why in Acts chapter 2, God says, you're old men. 
will dream dreams. I got something for you, fellas, that's better than testosterone or Viagra. I got something better for you than just a little diet change, though I think you should do all that. Let me tell you what's better for you than all that. It's a dream that releases health, that releases vitality, that releases youth. The Bible said that he'll renew my youth like the eagles. When you get a dream from God, I hope you're not going to spend the next 20, 30 years of your life just thinking about how you're going to die and how many more vacations you can go on. You can get a dream, a picture. What can I do with the last years of my life to really make an impact for God? What a dream. See, Acts 2.39, the Apostle Peter says, this promise of the Holy Spirit, this promise, it's for you and your children. What are we talking about? We're talking about future thinking. Because when the Spirit of God comes on you, you start planning for, thinking about seeing your future. I'll end with this statement. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to your future. Identify, prophesy, visualize. And you could go to a motivational speaker for a weekend and spend 10 grand to try to do this. Or you could get on your knees and you could lift your hands for free. Because Jesus said the Holy Spirit's a gift, not a payment. He's a gift. And you can lift your hands and you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what Tony Robbins can't teach you and Gary Vee can't teach you and Oprah can't teach you. And what I can't teach you. What I, I can't do it. I can scream and spit and sweat like I am right now because I'm so fired up about the Word. But I can't do this. But the Spirit of God will give you the ability to identify as God with God the Father. He'll, he'll give you the ability to speak the word. And he'll give you the ability to see into your future. In Jesus' name. Pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again for me. And I give you my life. Holy Spirit, give me the ability to identify, prophesy, and visualize with you. I want to see how you see. I want to say what you say. And I want to know that I'm loved by my Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God some praise in the house.